Welcome to the Canadian Real Estate Investor, where hosts Daniel Foch and Nick Hill navigate the market and provide the tools and insights to build your real estate portfolio. Selling Sunset, million dollar listing, buying Beverly Hills, House Hunters International, hell, even MTV Cribs are all are shows you that have- just listing all of my favorite shows right now? <laughs> I thought they might be. Some of these are, are ranked up in my favorite shows as well. And they are all shows that have fueled North Americans' obsession with real estate in the last decade. And here in Canada, that obsession is very real and everyone wants in. But how do you break into this mysterious, sexy, glamorous, drama-filled and lucrative industry of real estate? Well, the answer usually seems to be become a real estate, just like my lovely co-host, Daniel Foch. How's it going, Mr. Real Estate Agent? <laughs> I like how you first called me a real, become a real estate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know me. I'm one of the lifestyle realtors who post pictures of me leaning on my BMW. Yes, of course, the starter kit. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I think, I think some people would argue that these shows have something to do with why we see numbers like 160,000 realtors that are represented by the Canadian Real Estate Association or CREA, which is one of Canada's largest single industry associations specifically in Ontario. And we'll we'll get to Ontario or Oreo, what is it? Something like that. Oreo, yeah, my favorite. <laughs> Great cookie, better organization or vice versa, I'm not sure. Ontario, on that note, Dan, has the most realtors per capita in the world, I believe. And let's just jump into this quick article here from Gary Munn. This is from the Financial Post here in Canada. This is from 2014. So basically 10 years ago, because we're mid-December of 2023. And it's called Canada's Next Housing Bubble, Real Estate Agents. So start us off here. Yeah, so it says the number of people selling real estate reached 108,000 during the first quarter of the year, according to the Canadian Real Estate Association. That's in 2014. To put it another way, that's one realtor for every 245 Canadians over the age of 19. We have almost as many people selling houses as making them, Statistics Canada said in its labor force survey for the year 2013. Remember, this is a decade ago that there were 131,000 carpenters there were only 202,000 cooks in Canada. And remember, there are basically at this point 110,000 realtors. Yeah, I did a TikTok on this where it was like I examined a bunch of different careers and people kept in the comments asking me like how many people were lawyers and whatever. And it is pretty bad how many how many realtors per capita, um, especially when, when we're going to break it down in the in the episode. But like how many deals uh, are getting done in, yeah. in each area? Because it's not really it doesn't really matter how many people there are how many realtors per people if those people are buying and selling a ton of real estate. But exactly. Yeah. Are they? Is, is the that important the case? Question. Stay tuned. Yeah. So it's easy to see why housing has become a driver for growth for both the broader economy and household net worth. In 2000, the average price of a residential property in the Canadian real estate market was 22000 sorry, $225,000. 10 years later, it was about $340,000. Today, the national average home price, and that was, this is from the article, I guess, was yeah. 600 55,000. I believe today, present day, it's like in the in the mid to high sevens. So yeah, I think it's probably another hundred thousand on top. And that's of that, national. Ontario, yeah. it's Ontario, it's over a million bucks, right? So yeah, so that's nearly two hundred percent growth in a, in a hundred year period, right? 
200 no in that in in 25 year period right oh just this this century just this century yeah so and in that same amount of time the toronto stock exchange had only risen a measly 67 percent in the last from 2002 to now so instead of becoming stockbrokers like you know the wolf of wall street and wall street and all that good stuff everyone became realtors because it was a gold rush and this just isn't a canadian phenomenon our Neighbors to the south have seen some volatility, not just in their housing market, but in their realtor market as well. So let's look at what that's, what that looks like in the American realtor market. Yeah, I think it could also be a barrier to entry thing, which we're going to talk about. But like, you know, it's a little bit harder to become a stockbroker. It's a little bit more regulated. Slightly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it is funny because like with what, with the returns that like the real estate profession is are advertising, it, it, does kind of surprise me that financial regulators haven't gone after it. Like it's like guaranteed rents of X percent or, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's, <laughs> I don't know how any, anyways, we can set that one aside for a second. Speaking of the U S that you mentioned, it would be a shame to ignore some of the lawsuits going on down there mm-hmm. that are starting to acknowledge how commission structures work in the UK and Australia, as an example. So this head, uh, headline says, U.S. Realtor Commission ruling sets blueprint for Canadian case, lawyer says. Um, this is from BNN Bloomberg. So court ruling in the U.S. found that realtors colluded to receive higher commission rates that they could, and, and they feel that it could change the way that Canadian real estates do, real estate agents do business, according to an industry analyst, as a similar case is in the works in the Canadian court. So, so, I guess it was last month, um, the uh, jury in Missouri found that the National Association of Realtors in the United States and others were guilty of inflating real estate commissions to the tune of $1.8 billion USD in damages that ended up being paid to the victims. Youch. That's no small sum of money there. And here in Canada, we've got a Canadian class action lawsuit as well. So a class action lawsuit examining similar practices was also launched here in Canada. And the lawyer handling the plaintiff's case told BNM Bloomberg that he is hoping for a result similar to the one that was recently reached in that Missouri trial. So Chief Justice Paul Crampton of the federal court allowed a proposed class action to go ahead against seven major Canadian real estate brokerages, the Canadian Real Estate Association, CREA, and the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, TREB. The case alleges that the brokerages got into an illegal arrangement to inflate buyer brokerages commissions paid by home sellers in the greater Toronto area and that those two organizations aided and abetted the arrangement. And it comes at a very inconvenient time, given that the realtor boom is now kind of ending, according to this other article, Dan. So start me off with this one. Yeah, so this comes from American news outlet Axios. Realtor boom ends as housing market slumps. So tens of thousands of real estate agents are giving up on the profession, thinning their pandemic era ranks as the housing market comes back to earth. And we saw this take place in the 90s in the in both the US and Canada, 2008 in the US especially as well. More than 60,000 have exited the sector over the last six months, according to data from the National Association of Realtors, analyzed by ReVenture Consulting, who's an awesome guy on YouTube, by the way, um, that I, I watch most of his stuff just for, he's pretty bearish, but but cool um, stuff on the US markets. There were about 1.5 million in April, down from the all-time high of 1.6 million in October. 
You know, before we go on with this with this article here, Dan, this just you know more than sixty thousand have exited the sector in the last six months. This just brings me back, and we've brought up this movie so many times, The Big Short, where you got those two mortgage. I know we're talking about realtors, not mortgage brokers, but we'll do another episode similar to this on mortgage brokers. But you got those two guys that are like, yeah, you know, I I do this and I do that, and you know, I have a boat and ten Rolexes, and then like you know, at the end of the movie, they're like in like a job line, we're trying to you know get a job at Costco or something like that. So yeah. not that that's happening, and and I don't wish that on anybody, but looks like we're going through a little bit of that right now. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people are pretty mad at real estate professionals, like, and they would they would um, say that they are very much to blame for what happened in in the past couple of years in real estate. So while I I, I don't wish that on anybody, I, it seems like market sentiment kind of is like the the court of public opinion has decided that real estate professionals are sort of like bad, and you know, like um in like. And like, I feel like when we were growing up, like that movie Liar Liar and like stuff like that, Jim it Carrey, was like, that, yeah, 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 great. You know, like it was like lawyers were like the bad guys in the nineties, right? I feel like right now, like that's like not, that's like realtors. Honestly, well, luckily, yeah. luckily we only have like 140 lawyers here in Canada. Everyone else is a, a realtor, a couple of carpenters and cooks, but uh, that's about it. Um, okay, so let's get back to this article. The big picture, people embraced home selling jobs as soon as the pandemic began, be powered by soaring prices and sales. The number of realtors went from 1.3 million in March of 2020 to 1.45 million in March of 2021 and 1.53 million in 2022. So essentially more realtors than the entire Canadian market became realtors in that two-year period in the United States. Remember, this article's from the States. Now, historically, anytime prices really go up, realtors flood into the market. Venture consulting CEO Nick Gorelli tells Axios, uh, lots of people view it as a way to make money and often a quick buck off of a housing boom. Averaged annualized real commissions in the United States hit a high of $84,355. That's USD in January of 2021, but fell to $56,632 in April of 2023. I, um, I tweeted this out the other day, but to like Steph's in her, in her real estate course. So I hear these so uh, students. Yeah. So I hear <laughs> these students in the course, like, and you know, they're like, oh, I, I can't wait to get out and start making tons of money. <laughs> I can't have the other, oh, one, yeah. the other quote. It's like, oh, you know, real estate's like a good, like recession-proof career. People will always buy and sell more homes. It's like, oh, oof. So, okay. so nobody tell them. Nobody tell have them. Have they listened to the podcast yet or? <laughs> so why do so many people want to become real estate agents in Canada? And and I think that like that, that whole like license to print money thing is part of the reason a lot of people don't like the profession so much. But uh, this article is from Indeed.ca, who is a great show sponsor, I might add, when you Google that question. So let's go through it. So 12 reasons to become a real estate agent with tips. So number okay. one. Yeah, start us off here. This is good. It doesn't require a college education. Well, I mean, it doesn't, but it, it does require a, correct, yeah. a, a course, right? And that you've, that course takes several months and there's lots of exams and there's in class stuff. And I know this changes from province to province, but it's not like, you know, it, it, yeah. Okay. Let's leave that one there. It doesn't require all the college education. Sure. That's good. The second one is, this is, I love this one. You get to set your own schedule, Dan. So instead of working a nine to five or an eight to four, you now get to work most nights. And weekends. So there yeah, you go. I like that one. It's like, uh, be your own boss. It's like, no, 
when you have clients, you just, rather than having one boss, you have like 10 bosses <laughs> or however many clients you have or all of your bosses. Um, and they're all good, fighting good. for your time too. So you think you, you determine your schedule. But you don't. So get yeah. to the number three because this one's great as well. You can work from home. Now, what is home? Because, you know, I see realtors working from the car, working from coffee shops, working from site, you know, working just about anywhere. So, yeah, you can work from home, but you won't be working from home. You'll be working from anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, I think home is like is nomadic kind of thing, right? It's transitory. It's just like inflation. <laughs> There's no dress code. Actually, I thought there was a dress code. I think it was like a, you have to wear like a Montclair tracksuit and a fair Gucci belt or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the starter kit. Fair Gucci belt is the dress code. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. There's no dress code. You know, I guess it kind of depends on your clientele. Most of the commercial guys I know are still, you know, I, I, we're talking about residential here. But I mean, if you're, you know, if you're in Keswick, you can wear a Keswick dinner jacket to uh, to service some clients. And if you're dealing with, you know, maybe young professionals downtown, you want you basically want to dress to service whatever client you're you're doing. But sure, there's no dress code. I, I don't think there's a lot of dress codes for for a lot of work these days, anyways, unless you're like an investment banking. Number five, this is hilarious. You can make new connections. We'll put it this way. It's not wrong. If you're if you're not making new connections in real estate, you're not real estating. So kind of comes with the territory. Uh, you can become an expert in the field. I wouldn't uh, know anything about that. Well, I also feel like if you're not becoming an expert in the field, again, what are you doing? You skipped a good one here, Dan. You determine your own pay rates. Oh, which we will, which we will really yeah, do we'll a deeper dive in in a, in in a couple minutes here, and that kind of goes to high earning potential. I'm just going to skip the skill set part. Um, well, we could talk about skill set. I suppose it says you can develop your own skill set. What are the skills that a realtor needs? We were like, I'm, I'm working with that the AI guys. We were talking about this, and it's like, what what are the components of a real estate transaction? Really, like if you break the whole thing down, right? And I think that like. You know, making new connections is probably the primary skill that you need to be a successful realtor, right? And making those new connections, you get to also help people make life-changing decisions. That sounds really scary when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. That's why I love this, the 12 tips to become a real estate agent. It's it's hilarious. So yeah, of course, you get to help people make life-changing decisions. You're helping them likely make the biggest purchase of their lives. So Hit me with that last one, the last one on the list is really funny. Well, this is obviously just for, for Instagram and TikTok. You can view beautiful homes and film them and put them online. And you know, there you go. Now you're, that's, now you're that's a famous the job. realtor. You don't even have to sell them. You literally just have to walk through them. You can become a, an influencer. Is yes, the big exactly. One. Well, don't you become an influencer immediately when you get your license? I thought that was kind of hand in hand. Yeah, something like that. Okay, enough of that list. Let's keep going here, Dan. Well, yeah, I think it's worth maybe move on from that and discuss how realtors get paid, right? So, because yes. it varies on a province by province basis. I think like now with these lawsuits taking place and like, you know, Vancouver realtors are like, oh, everyone else, like the remainder of the real estate industry is now adjusting to how realtors in BC get paid, right? Because like they, they do get paid far less than any other um, province, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So you want me to do this? You want me to do this list here? Yeah. Just read the entire list and then typical commission structure. And this comes from uh, wawa.ca. So it's just it because like the, the, a lot of the new changes to and like lawsuits per se are like from real estate professionals 
implying that there is some sort of standard structure. So we aren't saying that there is a standard structure. This is an average based on past transactions that they've researched that says, okay, you know, this is what this is what the average commission was on those transactions. Right. Nice. Okay, here we go. Just that's a disclaimer there. (laughs) Alberta, 7% for the first $100,000 and 3% for the remaining balance. Here in Ontario, 5% of the total price. Over on the West Coast in British Columbia, 7% for the first 100K and 2.5% for the remaining balance. In Saskatchewan, we've got 6% for the first $100,000, 4% for the second $100,000, and 2% for the remaining balance. You really got to be good at math for that one. Yeah, why, is, why are they making it so complicated over there? Manitoba, 5% of the total price. Quebec, 5% of the total price. Nova Scotia, $1,500 flat fee for properties under 25000 What? And 5% of the total price for other properties. New Brunswick, 5% of the total price. PEI, 5% of the total price. And Newfoundland and Labrador, 5% of the total price. Okay, so now that we have an understanding of basic commission structure, which which there is, you know, the 5% of the total price seems to be the most common one across the country. Dan, let's start talking about realtor earning potential here. And I love this next portion you've got right here. This is really good. <laughs> yeah. So a, a lot a of little what, bit. I, it, it's tough, man. Like, because I think a lot of people just think, oh, you know, like realtors just like make so much money and, and, they, and on a per deal basis, they do. Like, I will agree that sellers pay a lot of money, but realtor to say that to, to, make that culminate into realtors make a lot of money is, is it's hard. It's a hard thing to say because, well, because all realtors do not make a lot of money. Right. And so when you, when you take it out and it's very much a Pareto principle, like 80, 20 distribution. So like, it's actually far more than that. It's like like 95, yeah. yeah, But like, so like 10% of the business, 10% of the people are doing 90% of the business and 90% of the people are doing 10% of the business. So I'm just going to read this tweet here. This is from a uh, Toronto realtor uh, named Gina, who uh, it says, year to date, we have 62,000 transactions on Treb. It looks like we may not even hit the 2001 transaction volume of 67,000 this year. I've rounded out these numbers because I'm horrible at reading numbers unless they're like very, very concise. <laughs> so house prices have grown a lot in that period of time, right? Um, so you would assume, oh, wow, like, Realtor commissions must have gone up. So in 2001, 67,000 transactions times just $251,000 house price is $17 billion in total volume of home sales. Wow. Which would have given about $850 million worth of commissions, but there were less people, or sorry, there were less than 20,000 realtors at that time. So this would work out to like almost 60,000 in commission potential per transaction. In 2023, let's say we finish the year with the same number of sales, 67,000 this year, with an average house price of a million dollars. That's almost 68 billion in sales volume, which gives out 3.4 billion in commissions to realtors. Wow. But now we have 70,000 realtors. In fact, the GTA has the most realtors per capita in the world. So even though that is almost four times the volume or the total volume and commission potential, the earning potential of the realtor dropped from 56,000 in 2001 to 48,000 this year based on those assumptions. Yeah, that is kind of frightening, especially when you compare that with the national average, um, uh, national av- uh, Canadian salary, 
which is about 63,000, just over 63,000 for full-time employees. So that $48,000, you know, I mean, I guess the, the argument here is maybe those realtors are doing it part-time, you know, it's a side hustle for some people, but if you're doing that full-time, you are not even, you're, you know, the better part of 20 grand underneath the Canadian national average. And I think we're going to discuss it because like, you know, you mentioned like full-time versus part-time later in the notes there, but like, I think that that's right where that, yeah, like, like are, are you, yeah. are you, are you a good part-time realtor? Can you, I think it's a side hustle. Realtor? Well, yeah. like it's just not a good enough for a full, like it doesn't substantiate um, giving up a full-time career for a, a lot of people. And so the question is like, do a lot of people do it full-time? So Dan, let's look at how it differs from province to province. What we're going to do is talk about the province the number of realtors, the population of that province, the average house price, just because that's a nice little data point. And then we're going to tell you how many realtors there are per person in that province. Sound good? Sounds good, man. Okay. I'm going to start things off because it's my home province, beautiful British Columbia, all the way on the West Coast. We're going to go West to East here, Dan. So BC has 26,000 realtors a population provincially of just over 5.5 million and a provincial average home price of 968,000. And there is one realtor for every 212 people. So move over to Alberta and there's over 12,500 realtors and a population of 4.6 million, almost 4.7 million, and an average house price of $455,000. So mathematically, one in 375 people in Alberta is a realtor. Uh, let's keep the train moving west. Saskatchewan, there's 1,600 realtors, population of just over 1.2 million, average provincial home price of 329000 and one realtor for every 775 people. So if you want to be a realtor, maybe move to Saskatchewan because those are some pretty good numbers. Manitoba, over 2,500 realtors and a population of 1.44 million and average house price of 352,000. One in 577 people is a realtor, so not so bad. And and you mentioned like in Saskatchewan, I don't know if, it, again, I don't know if it's just a distribution, like one in 775 is fine, but it also matters how much they make on a per transaction basis and how much, how many transactions people do. And we're going to get to all that, by the way, For we're going to sure. tell you where you can earn the most provincially as a realtor, but tell me about Ontario, the Mecca for realtors. Yes. And before I do that, by the way, all of this data, we put this together ourselves. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. And, and it's, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Now, anyway, sorry, back to the Mecca of real estate in North America, Ontario, Oreo, or sorry, Oria. The Ontario Real Estate Association serves over 100,000 realtors and Canada's largest real estate board, TREB, which is the real estate board for the greater Toronto area, serves over 73,000 licensed realtor, real estate brokers and salespeople. Ontario's population is massive, by far the biggest in Canada with over 15 million, 15.6 million. The average national home price here is 855,000. And there is one realtor for every 129 people. It's the highest per capita realtors in the world, by the way. And if you look at the GTA, like uh, the TREB, Toronto Real Estate Board, it's actually like even more extreme than that. But anyway, Quebec is 
17,000 realtors and a population of 8.8 million. Average house price of 466,000. So one in 517 people is a realtor in Quebec. New Brunswick, over 1,400 realtors, population of 834,000. Average home price of 299,000. And one realtor for every 596 civilians. Civilians. Um, <laughs> Nova Scotia has over 1,900 realtors and a population of 1 million, just over a million, an average house price of 419,000. So that gives you about one realtor for every 400, sorry, 546 people. So close to New Brunswick, right? Do you have dyslexia? Is my is my dyslexia like transferring through Zoom? I think I do with, with numbers, maybe, whatever that's called. Uh, <laughs> it's called dyslexia. No, there's another name for it. Uh, dysgraphia, maybe? Nice. Okay, well, we both got it. Let's keep going here. Two more provinces. Newfoundland and Labrador has over 500 agents, population of 538,000, average home price of 281,000, which is about one realtor for every 1,077 people. For PEI, there are 482 realtors. So, and the population is about 100,700, sorry, 100,000, 173,000. I got this. I can do this. Not reading numbers. <laughs> and uh, the average home price is 380 grand. So, one realtor for every 360 people. Okay, Dan, I know this might be tricky because you and numbers don't get along this morning. No, when but, they're uh, small like this, I'm good. And when, or when, but it's like when, you know, when there's like six different digits in a row, it's just yes. like, can't do it. Right. It's like, it's, okay, well, these are nice, easy ones. So we'll summarize what we just went through. Tell me province and number of uh, basically realtors per capita in that province. Yeah. Okay. So realtors per capita by province. British Columbia, one in 212 people is a realtor. Alberta, one in 375 people is a realtor. Saskatchewan, one in 775 people is a realtor. Manitoba, one in 577 people is a realtor. Ontario, most realtors per capita in the world, one in 129 people is a realtor. In Quebec, one Ontario. in 517 people is a realtor. Same thing in or New Brunswick, one in 596 people is a realtor. In Nova Scotia, one in 546 people is a realtor. Newfoundland and Labrador, the lowest realtors per capita in the country, one in every 1,000 people is a realtor. And in PEI, one in, seems closer to the national average, one in every 360 people is a realtor. So- once we've looked at that, we obviously want to get a get a feel for, okay, we've got the idea of average number of realtors per province. And then you take the average home price and or the number of home, homes sold and the number of realtors. And then let's look at the sales per realtor, right? Yeah, so. this, this is a nice one. Can I start things off again? Because we're, yeah, we're starting yeah. west. Okay, perfect. So back in beautiful British Columbia. And this is for this past year, calendar year, right, Dan? 2023? Mm-hmm. Okay, so 2023, 81,000 approximate homes sold, 26,000 realtors. Simple math, each realtor is doing 3.1 deals a year. Now, again, that's just sales per realtor on a super basic, you know, we've just divided and, and gotten an average. Every real estate agent in BC is not doing 3.1 deals. That's not how it works. But again, this is just a, a fun exercise here. So Dan, yeah, basically like 10% of them are doing 20 deals and 90% of them are doing zero deals. Yeah. Um, that's, how, that's how the math works. It's a weighted average. So uh, Alberta, 84,000 homes sold, 
12,500 realtors, seven sales per realtor, just blowing BC out of the water. Wow. Alberta. Saskatchewan, 15,000 homes sold, 1,600 realtors. Boom. 9.5 sales per realtor in Saskatchewan. Are you doing the the boom thing like those guys in like the the door? (laughs) door. You know what I'm talking about, right? That video of like those guys at the... Yeah. Okay. I wonder how they're doing today in this in this economy. Yeah. Manitoba, 20,000 homes sold, 2,500 realtors, eight sales per realtor. Good number. That doesn't deserve a boom right there? No booms. <laughs> Ontario, this is the reverse boom. You do it. You do it. Ontario, 183,000 homes sold last year, 130,000 realtors. So 1.7 sales per realtor. Yikes. Now it is worth noting that there are two ends. So like there's a buyer end and a seller end. So that number would technically be number of transactions would technically be double. And then you would take half of that 5%. We're going to get to it. We'll, we'll yeah. go through the potential earnings as a realtor. In Quebec, 87,000 homes sold, 17,000 realtors, 5.1 sales per realtor. New Brunswick, 10,500 transactions, 1,400 realtors, 7.5 sales per realtor in New Brunswick. Nova Scotia, 12,500 transactions, 1,900 realtors doing those transactions. So simple math says each realtor does 6.5 deals a year. Then Newfoundland and Labrador, 5,100 homes sold, 500 realtors, brings us to 10.2 sales per realtor. So not only are they crushing it on the realtors per capita, but they're crushing it on the sales per realtor. There you go. If only some Ontario agents would move out to Newfoundland and Labrador, mess up that staff for them. Then we go to PEI, 2,000 homes sold, 482 agents doing those transactions, equaling four. Point one four transactions per real estate. Dan, hit me with the summary again, if you can handle these big numbers. Yeah. So if we're going to say the number of homes sold per realtor by province is in BC 31. Nope. Can't do the big numbers, Nick. I can't do it. In BC, in BC 3.1 sales per realtor. Alberta had seven sales per realtor. Saskatchewan had 9.5 sales per realtor. Manitoba had eight homes sell per realtor. Ontario had just 1.7, the lowest in the country, 1.7 homes sell per realtor licensed in that province. Quebec had 5.1 home sales per realtor. New Brunswick had 7.5 home sales per realtor. Nova Scotia had 6.57 home sales per realtor. Newfoundland and Labrador leading the country at 10.2 home sales per realtor and PEI 4.14 home sales per realtor. So proud of you, bro. Proud of you. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, it was tough. So now let's look at that. So if you take that and then, you know, so we're now compounding kind of all of these numbers that we've presented to you and we're going to do some very advanced math. So we've taken. Try to keep up, guys. So we've taken the average commission structure. We've come out with the earnings per, on a per deal basis, which is from that original stat based on the commission times the average sale price. And then we've divided it in half because there's typically two realtors per transaction. And we've multiplied it by, on average, the number of deals per realtor. And this will give you a number, which is the potential earnings in each province as a realtor. So... In Alberta, and remember that was basically your 7% for the first 100K, et cetera, was only like six, 17 grand per deal, right? And seven deals per realtor 
brings you to 56,000 potential or annual earning potential for a realtor. You want to hit me with Ontario here in the Mecca? Everyone, everyone just thinks realtors in Ontario are just absolutely crushing it, right? Oh, and they are. And if you wait to hear this number, and and this is this will just make your payments on your uh, on your white BMW here. So it's the a earnings, Mercedes, it was a white Mercedes CLA. Now. Sorry, that's yeah, what it BMW is. BMW right? lost their market share. Three series BMW. Um, so again, the average Ontario realtor does one point seven deals a year. But since things are so pricey here in Ontario. The, Potential earnings per deal are about 37000 but your potential annual earnings as a realtor are just over $31,000. So next time you say realtors make a ton of money in Ontario and are overpaid, remember that they are less than half of the Canadian average if you average out what they're making on, you know, through, through the math that we're using here. That's the lowest in the country, actually. PEI is. is the next closest. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is just shows you, like, how a saturated market. And and it doesn't just become a, a, a disparity thing, right? Like, it's not, like, th- that's an average for a point. The median income for a realtor, I think, in, in Ontario is, like, fifty or 60000 So, mm-hmm. which is still, like, you know, I mean, it's not why nobody nobody goes and gets the real real estate license and posts uh, themselves touring properties on Instagram all day to be, like, to go, like, you know, oh, I'm going out to make six, 60 grand this year, right? Like, they're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, throw a couple zeros on the end of that. And so... I guess, we'll, yeah, we move on to BC. I'll steal this one from you, but BC is 38,000, so not much higher than Ontario. And that's 3.1 deals per realtor. So I guess like technically Ontario, Ontario realtors have to do less work for the earnings, right? Cause they have the highest commission in the, in the country by, a, by a long yeah. shot. So if it, if it is, if, if the, the pundits are right in saying that, you know, realtors are lazy and bring no value to the table, those are, that's, that's the words of, uh, let's call it Twitter, right? You know, or whoever's, whoever's criticizing yeah, the, all the mean people on Twitter, yeah. All the mean people on Twitter, TikTok and whatever, where they, people are just calling <laughs> realtors and landlords parasites and stuff like that. They would say, you know, yeah, well, that's why. Cause they're, they're it, so it, for, from a capital earned per deal basis, Ontario would win. But on a actual because it's so saturated on an actual potential earnings basis, it's pretty low. Yeah, well, actually, on a potential earnings basis, uh, if you want to be a wheat king and move to Saskatchewan here, you only have to do nine point five deals to make a whopping seventy six thousand five hundred dollars, uh, which is actually the highest earning potential in the country for realtors, based off of our math here. Yeah, but I mean, the earnings per deal is pretty low, but you got like, you you know, the potential to do way more deals. I mean, there was that realtor from uh, New Brunswick who was like chirping me on TikTok one time and he's like, yeah, I've sold so many houses this year. Like it's like 30, like 20, 30 houses. I'm like, that's awesome, dude. Like that's like, that's a lot of houses, man. Like people, like people in in the GTA are selling like three houses and they're happy, right? So, but, and, and I think it's, you know, it's less of a saturated market. So it's possible to do that. And I think that that's the highest 76,400. $51. $51. Wow. I, I read that number properly too. Congratulations. Um, for, thanks, man. Uh, Manitoba, not, not too far below that and seems to be kind of in the higher end of the pack. $61,736 in average earning potential for a real estate professional. Pretty close behind that. We've got Quebec. Um, remember the deals per realtor there is about 5.1 on average. So you're getting uh, potential earnings of just under $61,000. Uh, Nova Scotia, $52,000 if you were to average out the earning potential of a realtor from the total dollar volume of that market. New Brunswick, if you are crushing 7.5 deals a year, you're making $38,231. 
PEI is $32,660 in average earnings. I, I think I'm better at reading numbers when there's a dollar sign in front of it. That's, that's good. You disgusting capitalist. How could you? <laughs> Uh, okay, and the final number we've got here, Newfoundland and Labrador, if you are crushing 10.2 deals per year, you are making $66,764. So there we have it. That was a lot of fun, Dan. Let's keep this going because there's a couple things I want to get through before we finish up here. So let's talk about because everyone's involved in real estate, obviously. Let's talk about how much real estate makes up of the Canadian economy. Now, I know we've probably talked about these stats before, but worth revisiting for this episode. We can just say too much and move on, right? <laughs> it's no secret the Canadian real estate market represents a very large portion of the national economy and especially household net worth. So from 2017 to 2021, investment in dwellings, which is houses, as a percentage of total gross fixed capital formation, was north of 40%, larger than in any other G7 nations. The next closest is Germany, which is around 30%, so quite far off. Yeah, and and Stats Canada reported that the housing market contributed more to gross domestic product, totaling over $267 billion and expanding nearly 3% from July of 2022 to July of 2023. As a share of gross domestic product, real estate makes up more than 20%. Moreover, this measurement is isolated in a quarter-by-quarter basis. Housing accounted for close to half of GDP for the first quarter of 2022. And then if you look at comparative markets in other major sectors that contribute to our economic growth here in Canada from 2022 to 2023, we've got manufacturing at a measly $193 billion, oil and gas, which we barely have any of it here, so it shouldn't be that big, I guess. Sarcasm. $160 billion. And finance and insurance, $151 billion. And again, that's compared to $267 billion for the housing market. So literally 70 million, more than 70 million. It's about 75 million, 75 billion more than manufacturing, which was the second closest. So let's agree. It's a pretty significant portion. And it's also a crazy look at the debt that's tied to housing, which isn't great either. Dan, hit me with some depressing statistics here. Yeah. So first of all, Thank you for putting this data in here because I haven't seen this and uh, like the uh, the stuff that we just read, which was Shocking. housing represents nearly 40% of all Canada's GDP. I guess that comes from a blog on the Remax website. So that's kind of cool too. Yeah. Yeah. And they pulled it from that Stat Canada. That Stat Can um, thing. Yeah. Report, so yeah. that's exciting. Well, I think we should get Stats Can back on here. But yeah, fast, yeah that was a while ago. Fast, yeah. Fascinating piece of information anyway. So- I guess household debt, which you asked me to, to talk a little bit about, and you know, I'm glad you gave me the bearish talking points here. <laughs> 170, sorry, 107% of Canada's GDP. And back in 2008, it was 80% of GDP. So, and the US solved their debt problem in 2008 because they realized, oh, debt is bad, especially debt that has a variable rate attached to it or a, a resetting rate attached to it, which all of our mortgages have, by the way. And that rose to 95% in 2010 and surpassed 100% during the pandemic. And that's uh, like, that's G- debt, household debt to GDP. Household debt to disposable income is an even scarier one. I think it's like 180%. So a CMAC wow. report, no, yeah, no, it's 
scary stuff, man. Um, which still isn't the highest in the world, actually. I think the Netherlands and Switzerland are higher than us. Okay, those are those are some good comparables. Yeah, it is funny, right? Because like that thing just came out I, again. I thought you were like, say, like Turkey and like Argentina the, or no, something. Which <laughs> no, but the 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 best. Um, the best countries in the world, right? Like Canada, Switzerland, Netherlands kind of thing. They're always in like the top five. It's like, I guess, I guess leverage is what makes a place. Uh, but the, the, probably the truth is it's like access to debt gives everybody a better quality of life because everyone's levering up and driving a, you know, like a $100,000 car and living in a McMansion and whatever. <laughs> so honestly, man, like it's, it is kind of crazy. Um, Very anyway, uh, the CMHC report uh, noted that three quarters of Canadian household debt is tied to mortgages, which is, I, I mean, yeah, it's thinking that says a lot about this country. And then they note that the increased debt problem is directly tied to the housing market. No, shocker. Mm-hmm. So real estate plays a large role in the Canadian economy. If you're a long-time listener, you've probably heard us joke about how real estate is an extreme sport here in this country, and maybe outside of hockey, Canada's favorite sport, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, so Dan, let's get back to realtor. So Dan, you are a realtor. How do you become a realtor here in Canada? So provincial regulators establish the educational and licensing requirements for careers in the real estate industry. Colleges and universities offer a variety of real estate courses too. Once a person is licensed through a province, they can become a member of a local real estate board and the Canadian Real Estate Associations. And the requirements vary across Canada, but in all provinces and territories require prospective salespeople and brokers to pass an exam. Continuing education is also required. So once you're licensed, you've taken the course, passed your exams. Now you need to find a place to park your license at a brokerage and there are plenty to choose from. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more we need to go into detail there. All, all I'll say is this, and I'm, I'm brokerage agnostic for the most part. What I really do think is real estate is all about your, your personal brand so much more than, I'm not going to name any names here, but so much more than the brand that you choose to park your license at. They all have, you know, the good and the bad, the ugly, I'm sure. And I know great agents at, at all of the major brands and some of the minor ones too, but I really do think real estate being a good real estate agent, broker, whatever comes down to your personal brand. And that's a great segue into our kind of last piece here is what are real estate agents supposed to do? Okay. So congratulations. You've passed your exam. You've found a place to park your license. Now it's time to start selling homes, get your white BMW or Mercedes, I guess now work a few hours a week while making a few million bucks from showing gorgeous homes that you're obviously going to be posting all over TikTok and Instagram. Wrong. So, so wrong for all the realtors listening right now. You know what I'm talking about. This glamorized version of the profession is so fabricated that it's funny. You're more likely to eat a meal in your car these days in between appointments than you are at a fancy restaurant with, you know, other realtors or clients like we see on all those shows we mentioned at the top of our show here. Yeah, for me, uh, I, I have a giant bag of spicy dill pickle uh, almonds in my truck that uh, I eat uh, while I'm on the road. But yeah, protein bars and beef, beef jerky are, are real estate classics right there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're going to work with clients, right? So you're going to have buyers or sellers. So if you're, if uh, a buyer's in the market for a home, real estate agent can help them find what they're looking for when it comes to, you know, all these different factors, qualitative factors. I guess a lot of people think about like, you know, layout style, price point, et cetera. These are luxuries that people outside of Ontario get to contemplate when they're buying purchases. Because <laughs> in Ontario, you just kind of take what you can get, which is sad. But anyway, that's sort of where our, our market's at. And, and your real estate professional should be showing you comparables, helping you to to price stuff. I think that's one of the big functions of, of a real estate professional. Coach you through the offer process, prepare the offer, present it, negotiate on your behalf, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
and when working with investors and versus a more standard end users, realtors really should know. I mean, you know, we did it a couple episodes ago, like our start to finish, like how to purchase an investment property. A lot of realtors are taking our course, right? Because they're like, I need to know how, especially in a market where less and less end users are buying homes and more and more investors are buying homes because end users don't have any money or they can't, they can't qualify based on their income, but rents are going up. So investors can, can qualify based on rents better than end users can. A lot of real, realtors are joining our course and wanting to learn that knowledge on an end to end basis so they can represent their clients better. So they should know how to calculate cap rates on properties, calculate any, what well, doesn't have to be a cap rate. It can be anything, but like calculate some sort of comparative metric on a, on, on a deal. So they can show you two properties side by side and say, based on the income, this property is better than that property. Like that's a pretty good sniff test, I would say as to whether or not you're getting. And then I think eventually you do want to be able to like actually sit down, model out a deal. I, do, I think that that's probably a valuable thing to have within the scope of what a, a real estate, what, what a realtor who's representing you as an investor buyer should do. And remember, and we talked about this in the course and we talked about this in our end to end. We, you know, we just did an episode that's basically a summary of the course from start to finish, just very, very high level because it's hard to cover without visuals and in detail. Um, and in 45 minutes, but this is your power team, right? And the realtor in a lot of cases is like the, the, one of the core components of that. They're going to help you network, bring in your contractor, bring in your mortgage professional, you know, bring you good deals, et cetera, et cetera. So you need to really, really be selective as a, as an investor buyer on choosing somebody who's a good fit for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Dan. Couldn't agree more. And, and I guess the only other side of that would be working with sellers, right? So if you're working on selling your existing primary residence or an investment property, your real estate agent should help you really determine a fair sale price. Overestimating these prices will do a major disservice to all parties involved. You know, don't, don't get greedy. It's, it's better to, to make a good sale than to have it, you know, unrealist expectations over promise and under deliver. Uh, they should be helping you with marketing your home, setting up viewings for potential buyers and guide you through the entire legal process of creating an agreement, et cetera, et cetera. Essentially, no matter what you're doing, buying or selling or whatever, you need to be a subject matter expert. You should know all of the other people that you and your clients need. You should have a power team ready for your clients. Like if you're selling condos, you need to know the condo fees in that building. And if you're selling century homes, you need to know what knob and tube wiring is and how much, what the cost is to replace it. So we've gone over a lot here, Dan. I think let's just finish it off with a couple pieces of advice. So how do you actually make money and become a successful real estate agent. Well, you eat what you kill. So you've got to go out and find the business. You don't get your license and phone calls start coming in. It's actually quite the opposite. So you got to make cold calls or as you just found out, cold texts work just as well. You got to be out networking. It's a numbers game like anything with sales. So the more people you talk to, the more leads it will yield. You've got to create a brand. You've got to be visible to as many people as possible. You literally got to go and tell everyone. It's it's almost like an MLM thing. You got to go tell everyone that you're in real estate now. And um, the better of a subject matter expert you can be to differentiate yourself, the more successful you will be. That's all I've got, Dan. Any any closing remarks for all of our realtors listening out there and potential people thinking about getting into real estate? You know, it, we just did the that lesson in the course, the, the last lesson where we talked about the incremental value. So like, let's take the Burr method, okay? Everybody's pretty familiar with it. Buy, renovate, 
rent, refinance, repeat. And we went through the incremental value creation at each phase of that process that you would need to create in order to get to the repeat part. So, and one of the areas in which a real estate professional can make the most incremental or, or, or sorry, a real estate investor can make the most incremental value growth is by buying well and selling well. So if you buy something for more than it's worth, or sorry, buy something for less than it's worth or sell it for more than it's worth, you've created value for yourself as an investor. And you can either pull that that out as extra equity when you sell or pull it out as extra equity when you refinance to purchase. And so there's such that like, it's a very simply quantifiable rule. You know, we said on a million bucks, if you're at a 20% or if you're trying to get a 20% down payment to put onto your next property, you need to to create $286,000 worth of value to get to be able to pull $200,000 worth of value out. And so you can't, you probably can't underbuy a prop, a million dollar property by 28.6%. Maybe you can, right? But you could maybe, you know, underbuy it by 14% and oversell it by 14%, right? On the way out. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and obviously there are other areas through that, that burr process where you create the value, renovating, increasing the rents, et cetera. But, and just don't discount the role of buying well. And I think we're now in a mar- in a market where like realtors aren't dime a dozen. You know, it's not just to take you what you can get thing. You're not just putting out 60 offers in a bidding war, assuming that prices are going to go up 10% by next year. And so you're fine because inflation alone will make your investment viable. That's gone. So choose wisely. And if you're a real estate professional listening to this, be very good at what you do and you'll, you'll succeed and just try keep like we all have a lot of time on our hands. I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty productive realtor and I have a lot of time on my hands in this market. And so take that time and, and use it to sharpen your pencil and get better and better at it so you can create more value for your clients. Cause next bull run, whenever that takes place, like probably, I don't know, sometime in the next decade, probably it'll start. You're going to want to be a, be good at what you do. Love that. Solid advice as always, Dan. This was a great episode. Probably one of my, one of my favorites. A lot of great information in here. Hope everyone got a ton of value out of it. Make sure to go check out the course if you want to differentiate yourself and, and, you know, get the tools to work with investors. Uh, check out the merch, check out the newsletter. It's all in the show notes. And thank you as always so much for listening. We appreciate it and we'll see you soon. The Canadian Real Estate Investor Podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Nick Hill is a mortgage agent with Premier Mortgage Center and a partner in the G&H Mortgage Group, license number 10317, agent license M21004037. Daniel Foch is a real estate broker licensed with Rare Real Estate, a member of the Canadian Real Estate Association, the Toronto Real Estate Board, and the Ontario Real Estate Association.